This Changes Everything. It's been the title of the Advent series of messages in this season. And this is a look at Joseph and how his future got changed big time. There's a quote on the little bulletin board that's next to Beth's office door. And it's a quote that comes from Max Lucado. Our staff meetings every week are begun by a devotion led by one of the staff members. And it was Beth's turn a few weeks ago. And she had a Max Lucado book, and she read some of the Christmas-related things that he had to say. And then this is what has stuck with me, because I walk by her office door on the way to mine, and I see this. We stand where Joseph stood, caught between what God says and what makes sense. What made sense for Joseph in this situation? Joseph had been engaged to this girl, and all of a sudden he found out she's pregnant, and it wasn't his. It's a deal breaker. Engagements in those days, in that culture, were big deals. Engagements were almost like being married. It was a big deal. In fact, you could, uh, you could be called husband and wife, as they are in this passage. And it made all kinds of sense for Joseph to break off the engagement, but the culture called for a divorce to end the engagement. In fact, Joseph was aware of a passage in Deuteronomy that basically said, you find the guy that got her pregnant, and you get them together, and you bring them to the city gate, and you stone them to death, because this evil has to be eradicated from among you. Deuteronomy 22, verses 23 and 24. Joseph didn't want to go that route, but he knew this was a deal-breaker. He wanted to put her away quietly. He didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. That's what made sense to Joseph. He's standing, and we stand, between what God says and what makes sense. What makes sense for you these days? What makes sense for you in this season? And I'm not referring only to what makes sense in terms of decorations and clothes to wear and uh, I think all these red sweaters that I see on people will probably put, be put away. Uh, and the decorations will be taken down. What makes sense? And I'm not talking about the uh, habit even of coming to church here on Christmas Eve and, and in many cases being with family members that you don't get to be in church with all the time. 
I'm not even talking about the kinds of decorations that you might have done that are going to get put away. I'm not even talking about the presents that might be open this evening or tomorrow. I'm not even talking about the getaways or the vacations or whatever it is that makes sense for you in this season. I'm talking about something else. What might make sense for you in terms of habits that you have? in terms of relationships that you have that have knots in them that tend to ruin life. I grew up on, well, farms in Iowa. We moved around a bit. Mostly we were on dairy farms. My father was a smoker. One of the habits that he had was after every meal. He would get out the can of tobacco. He didn't buy ready-made cigarettes. He made his own. He rolled his own. Get out his can of tobacco, set it on the table. Get out the cigarette uh, leaves and um, sheets and get one out. And he had this wonderful, skillful habit of just uh, creasing it and then taking the can of tobacco and putting the tobacco just the right amount on that little cigarette sheet, setting the tobacco aside. And then <clears throat> he would roll the sheet and then he would lick it and he would seal it and then he would put the cigarette in his mouth and light it with his lighter. When it was time to milk the cows, I don't think he smoked a cigarette for every cow he milked. Wow, because we had 30 and 40 of them. But that was part of the pattern, too. Get that cigarette made. Smoke that cigarette while he's milking the cows. What might be the default habits that you find yourself going to? Maybe particularly in this season of the year. Abuse of alcohol. Reaching, reaching for that drug that's just going to kind of get you through your day. What are the naughty things going on in terms of, uh, of relationships? And you find yourself in this season where Families are supposed to get together, and there is that family member that you're just not getting along with, and you just don't know how you're going to get through that. What makes sense for you? What's the default? Where do you go? What do you do? Joseph knew what he had to do. He was going to divorce, and it took a divorce to break an engagement in that culture. He was going to divorce Mary, and then God showed up. And Joseph hears this message from an angel in a dream, and he's told that God is with us that God is with Mary, that God is in Mary, and that what she has growing in her is of the Holy Spirit. 
and that he is to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph gets up, obeys. And you can imagine the kind of scandal that he had to live with in that community of Nazareth in which they'd grown up and in which they lived. And just think about the kinds of things Joseph ended up doing to protect his child, his and Mary's child, the Son of God, and the travels that they had to take. We heard about one of them from Luke chapter 2, traveling to Bethlehem from Nazareth, Mary very pregnant and giving birth in Bethlehem. And then having to get out of Bethlehem as quickly as possible and head to Egypt because Herod was after him. Herod wanted to kill that baby. And just think about the kind of life it was growing up, going to Jerusalem for the feast when Jesus was 12 years old, losing track of him, having to find him, finding him in the temple, talking to the teachers and the leaders in Israel. Can you imagine what Joseph had to go through, the moves he had to make, and what he had to do to protect that baby, that child? And then what about you and me when God shows up, when God is with us in the person of the Holy Spirit? Joseph was caught between what God says and what makes sense. Does God with us make any difference? Does the Advent series titled, This Changes Everything, we looked at a number of characters. We looked at Elizabeth. We looked at how it changed everything for Elizabeth, this old woman who was pregnant finally in her old age. And discovered as she visited with her cousin Mary that her son was going to have a special role to play as the forerunner of the Christ. And Scott looked with you at John the Baptist and John's role that changed everything for him and how he was even uncertain at some level. Are you the one, he asks at some point, that we're looking for or not? And Jesus had to just demonstrate and show that, yes, I am the one. I'm the one who fulfills Scripture. Herod, everything changed for Herod. The wise men show up asking about this baby that's to worship the king of Israel. And Herod's world is shook up. And Herod's, Herod's bound and determined to get rid of him because he's powerful, because he can do it. And then Simeon, Sunday. We look at Simeon in the temple. At the time, the Spirit prompted him to be there. And he saw the Christ. He saw the Savior. He saw the one who was going to reveal the hearts of many people. He saw the one who was the sign spoken against, who would cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. He saw the one who would change everything. And if that 
God is with us. If that spirit is in you, it changes everything. We who are dead in transgressions and sins are made alive. We are people who are called to put off the old and to put on the new. We are people who are called upon to exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're the ones who've been given gifts of the Spirit to exercise. We're part of a body together of which Christ is the head and we are the parts. And we figure out what part we play, what role we play big or small, prominent or behind the scenes. And what about those knots in our lives? What about those habits that we know we just need to get rid of? What about those situations in life that you just can't get around? And that seemed to be there year after year. And that sometimes can be accentuated in times like this. In this season of Christmas. In this season of family. In this season of get-togethers. The Spirit enables us to work at that too. And maybe that knot can contribute beautifully to the finished product. Remember what Paul asked about his thorn in the flesh? Got to get rid of it. God, get rid of it. God, I don't want it. And what God comes back with is, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. We stand where Joseph stood. Between what can sometimes make sense to us in this season, the default stuff that we go to, we stand between that and what God says. Listen to what God says. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask you now to just be with us as you were Christ with us in the person of Jesus Christ. We pray that your Spirit will be with us, in us, moving us, changing us, reshaping us, loving us, giving us joy where there was none, giving us peace where there was warfare, giving us faith where we were faithless, and giving us love so that we may give love. Pray God. We praise you. We praise you for what you have done. We praise you that you so loved the world that you sent your only begotten Son. And we praise you, Lord, for what you have promised to do with us and in us. And so go to work, Lord. Go to work. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Maybe you could just dismiss me. Scott expects me to be in the office today. I stay on the jury. And uh, this past Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, there was a trial that we were part of. A civil trial, not a criminal trial. A civil trial. Wednesday it was over. There was a lot of downtime. This is my first experience, but there was quite a bit of downtime. A time when you're just kind of sitting around waiting. One of the conversations that I struck up with was with a mail carrier, a 60-year-old guy um, who'd been a mail carrier for, uh, for 30 years. And on Monday, he reminded me, you know, today is the busiest day for the Postal Service. I heard that already Monday, this last Monday. And I expected him to say something like, and am I glad I'm here and don't have to be part of that? But he didn't. He said, I kind of wish I were out there helping my colleagues do the work that they... And I got the impression that he really identified with his work. He was proud that he was a mail carrier. And he wanted to do his work well and with his integrity. We talked a little bit about Christmas. And then he told me about his last year's Christmas. He said, last year on Christmas Eve, into the dark, I was still delivering packages and mail. And he said, but I had my dome light on, and I was playing Christmas music. And I said, and that was your Christmas, wasn't it? And he said, yes. May God surprise you. You may be in a situation that you don't like to be in at all, but God is somehow speaking to you in that. Because you recognize that this child whose birth we're celebrating is no less than the Son of God, who reveals the thoughts of many hearts, who's causing the rising and falling of many in Israel, who's come as a light for all the nations to reveal himself to the Gentiles and to be the glory of the Jews. Israelites. And may we be able to say, yes, the time has come. This is what I've been waiting for. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we celebrate your birth. We're just so grateful for who you are and for the ways in which you show love to us. And Lord, may it just be that we experience you this season in, in a unique way, in a way that we hadn't thought of before, that hadn't impacted us that way before. And so, God, may your spirit be here. May your spirit move in us. 
And may we experience joy flooding our hearts and peace in our souls. In Jesus' name, amen.